the wrong side of the red line, Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. Um, well, contrary to popular belief, we will not be doing this in French tonight. Bonjour. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Qu'est-ce que c'est Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I'm not even going to do I don't speak French. I'm not going to try. Um, Stars went 3-1 tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, went back-to-back games. And um, game where... I guess you could kind of say the Stars kind of woke up after 30 minutes or so. It was kind of, a, kind of an odd game to start. Uh, yeah, they needed a goal against to really get them going. Although, I thought they outplayed Montreal in the first period. They had more quality chances. But it really it was the, the kind of uh, lethal style of offense the Stars showed against Edmonton, which ironically came when they were trailing by a goal happened again tonight, which is a, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but if it continues, that would be a worrying trend of teams rallying from behind. On the flip side, John, one of the good things is, Stars hadn't had a lot of rallies this year. That's a good thing, coming from behind to take the lead and win a game. They haven't responded well to adversity much this season, and um, so it was was good to respond to adversity. Um, Obviously, you you don't want to go in thinking we have to let a goal to to get a to get a spark going, but obviously positive. You respond well to adversity. Um, tonight you have and Hitch is a Hitch even said after the game that he isn't looking for long term chemistry. He's just looking in the game itself for uh, looking in the game itself for lines and to win each individual game, which is. Um, goes completely against things that were said earlier in the season about how two sons would always be together. Here's how it works. If the team wins and the coach tinkers lines, he looks great. Mm -hmm. If they lose and he makes changes or doesn't make changes, he gets criticized. So it's it's kind of a rough gig in that respect. So he can say whatever he wants about line tinkering after a win because it looks like he did a good thing. Either way, I think whether it was intentional or tinkered into, I, I actually think if you are going to continue to split up and keep Jamie Bennett center on the top line, I think you may have found the ideal situation for that so-called second line yes. tonight. Um, I think there's been a couple combinations of play with Tyler Sagan that have not worked well, frankly. Um, coming into tonight, it's been, it been four games, four tonight of that uh, since the split, since the full-time split, um, and Sagan... You can tell in his play, he was getting frustrated. He only had one assist at five on five. Um, he was, and he just, guys weren't finishing chances. Um, and Sagan is a shooter. Um, we've talked, Ken Hitchcock has talked about, and Jason Spencer talked about after the game today, how Tyler's a guy who needs to shoot the puck. He's a guy who needs to feel the puck off his stick. And when he's playing with guys, when he's playing where, I think when he's playing where he has to be the playmaker, it wasn't working well. Now, when you put him with Jason Spezza, I think I think it's a combination that could work well because Spezza is looking to play the buck, looking to be a playmaker, and Devin Shore has a little bit of that in his game too, where he's obviously willing to defer to his line mates. And he also shooters. will go to the dirty areas, go into the corners, and do some of the heavy lifting of the physical side of things and retrievals. Let's not completely toss Sagan's playmaking ability away. I mean, there was no, a no, time no. in recent history where he had a boatload of assists and hadn't been scoring much and said, I'm fine being the setup guy. But, sure, inherently in his nature, he's a scorer. You want him shooting the puck. 
but that's not a one-way street as far as how they set those up. And it's a line that, frankly, it's a line that I don't know if I would have trusted defensively last year, just because of what uh, last, if you look at this line last year, it would have been Ricky Devon Shore, it would have been Jason Spezza, who's not very reliable defensively, and it would have been Tyler Sagan, who still really hadn't taken that step in his game to be good defensively. Now, this, now it works well, because you have Tyler Sagan has taken those steps, he kills penalties now, he can late, take throws late in games, all of a sudden, that is a line that, before the season started, you probably wouldn't have labeled it as a two-way line. And Spezza had two very notable defensive plays, one in the first period where he back-checks and beautifully broke up what could have been a goal for Montreal, and then in the third period had a great block shot in the final five minutes, which may have saved the goal. I mean, anytime you block a shot, it means that it's not going to go on net. It's kind of an obvious observation, but the fact that Jason Spence is laying his body out to block a shot is a good thing. And goals aside, he's looked better um, overall just over the last four or five games. Um, we talked to him the other day about it where just he's been, he's starting to feel more comfortable on the wing because he's practicing consistently on the wing. That always helps. Where he, that's something that he didn't do in the past under Lenny Ruff, where when he played under Lenny Ruff and he would play on the wing, it just didn't work because he would play, he would practice all week, he would practice at center, and then they'd get into the game and he'd move to the wing and he'd be asking him something that he hadn't practiced doing. Um, so all of a sudden he's been practicing on the wing, he's been, he's more comfortable there. Um, it's, a set, it's a setting that I think, and they go to Colorado tomorrow and I would not be shocked if lines are completely different 10 minutes into the game, but... I think, they go, I think they go into the game yes. with that, that line. I think they do too. Maybe the way that we finished tonight. Yeah, and I think it's something that uh, it, but things could change, but it's something that if he, I think it's a line that could cultivate and do a little bit more as it grows, as the season goes on, especially if you're going to keep Jamie Benn as the top line center and you're going to go keep Benn and Radula together. Um, it's... It's also good to see, I mean, Devin Shore goes 19 games without scoring, now he has goals in back-to-back games. Jason Spezza goes the first 15 games without scoring, and now has three in the last six. Boy, Shore almost had an empty net, or he missed yeah. the net. I thought he was going to get his second of the night. Yeah. On the flip side, Sean, it might actually be a good thing for Tyler Sagan to get just his second goal in his last, what, seven games, I think it was? He had one goal. He had two in his last nine coming in. Right, so he had only had a goal. He did have five assists over a seven or eight game period, if I remember the stat right. So sometimes even an empty netter or a simple tap-in or a bounce-in off somebody's skate or foot or whatever is a good thing. Even if it doesn't seem like a super significant play at the moment, it might just take some of the pressure off and let a player relax a little bit more. Yeah, and that line was good tonight. Um, over, overall, it was just interesting. There's a lot of storylines in this game tonight, too, just with Montreal. There's a lot of, I mean, there's, I saw they showed the graphic on the broadcast. There's been 50, there's a lot of history between these two organizations. Um, just, there's been 50 players now that have played for both Montreal yep. and Dallas. Um, in franchise in uh, both Dallas and Montreal. That's not North Stars, that's Dallas. So, right. Uh, since since so 20, 25 years. 25 years, that's an average of two a year almost. That's crazy, isn't it? And so, There's been a back and forth. And so, obviously, today was the first game Alexander Radulov played against Montreal, and he was the center of attention the last 48 hours or so by the he's, Montreal media. He was the center of a lot of things that went well for the Stars tonight, which is yeah. nothing different than any other game this season. And uh, when you watch his play, and I'm sure that fans in Montreal will see this too, and say they would love to have him on their team right now. Oh, he was tonight was a game was a very good overall game for Radulov, and a game where 
How did he miss on that empty netter? I mean, off the post on the backhand, nice setup by Svetza there. Mm-hmm. And boy, that could have been that could have been a nice little bow on the story for Radulov to score against his old team. Yeah, and not his only scoring chance tonight, but no, no, he was he was good throughout the night. Um, I thought uh, there's a couple chances where Balchier there where he puts the puck in the net. Um, the other the other thing from tonight, just. Uh, Ben Bishop was very good tonight. Two biggest saves of the night come from uh, the sticks of other players, where Jamel Smith clears the bucket out in the first period. Second period, actually. Oh, beginning of the second period. Yeah, early in the second period, yep. and then in the uh, in the third period, Stephen Johns makes the save of the game with yep. um, stopping a puck on the goal line, which really upped his game because I thought he really struggled tonight. That pairing, Johns and Alexiak, did not have their best game. No, 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 they struggled tonight. Um, I think that's something, though. If you're a coaching staff and you're looking at stuff where you can build, especially with the back-to-back, you take a look at that moment for Johns just being in the right place at the right time, and that's something that can build confidence-wise where you can take them. And you just say, hey, let's look at the penalties. If you, were to, you eliminate some of the penalties, you have do a little bit better just with your gap, and all of a sudden we'll take that and, and do that and melt, melt that in with the positives, and all of a sudden you're playing a bit better. But no, that overall that pair did not play well. Pattern um, and Hamhuis actually, I thought, had a very good game tonight. Yep, they were good. I mean, look, there's no doubt that Greg Pattern was fired up for this game. Yeah. Um, the most notable, although it may not have been the biggest player for his night, but the one that caught the most attention was him laying out Joe Morrow in the third period. Um, just a, a crunching hit where he actually took Morrow right off his skates. And he continues to be a very effective player. And, you know, Sean, I brought this up in our pregame show tonight. I was talking about how the Stars last February traded Jordy Bennett at the deadline to Montreal for Greg Patteron and a fourth-round pick in the 2017 draft. Stars then turned around and traded that pick away to the Los Angeles Kings for the negotiating rights of Ben Bishop. So when you cultivate those two together, you have Jordy Ben for essentially Ben Bishop and Greg Patteron. I think that's a pretty good deal, and actually, it was good for Jordy Ben too. Yeah, and it was it was overall win win, and I think also for Greg Pattern playing well against his former team and playing well in general, I think means a lot too. Because I think the popular perception was, I mean, popular perception after that trade was made that the Stars traded Jordy Ben because they said the reason they said the reason they did it was because the expansion draft they were going to lose an asset. They really thought that he'd be a target, and he might have been. And, and so. Kind of felt like it was he was kind of the throw-in with the fourth-round pick almost. That was pattern. Pattern, right. yeah, was the throw-in with. And so I think for him to play well and for him to kind of, especially after how his season started, and for him to be uh, to basically be the eighth, ninth defenseman to start the season, um, it's, it means a lot for him to play well um, and to be out in the, out on the ice late in games. He had uh, he had almost four and a half minutes of shorthanded uh, penalty kill time. Which, by the way, in the third period, the Stars could have done well without that. Yes, yes. That's something that they're going to have to clean up. And, and, and speaking of penalties tonight, Brett Ritchie set his uh, chance at playing more minutes back a little bit tonight. He was, he was, he was demoted from basically from the second to the fourth line. He came out on a limited basis because they didn't play the line of Ellie Smith and Richie very much. I did see him play in the third with that group, but basically because of those penalties, he got sent backwards. But even but if you take a look, and he did play with that group uh, in some on-the-fly shifts and in some offensive zone starts, but they had to actually, I noticed there was three defensive zone face-offs they took 
where they had Radulov in his spot. Right. Just because they weren't going to put him on the ice. He lost, yeah. lost some confidence in the coaching staff, at least for the night. It may not yeah. be long term, but. Well, um, and, and the, good yeah. thing, the good thing for a player like him right now with going into a back to back, he can't be stretched tomorrow just because <laughs> they only have 12 forwards and you have a chance tomorrow. If they had a 13th, he might be the one. Yes. Um, the other thing, just we, we kind of just touched on it, but Jordy Ben returns to Dallas for the first time um, since uh, since the trade last year. Obviously, Dallas and Montreal played in Montreal last year after the trade, and uh, Jordy got a nice little not a video tribute, but a nice some nice FaceTime on the video board yeah. and a nice ovation. And uh, there was a bit of a uh, he had a bit of a shoving match with his brother there too. Well. One clean hit for either one led to a little bit of face-to-face time, and Radulov came storming in, and then they gave penalties to two guys away from the play, which yeah. was entertaining in its own right. But they really weren't seeking each other out, Jamie no. and Jordy, but they didn't shy away from it in the moment. No, it was it was. Uh, There's a lot of smiles going on after that confrontation. As well. I actually saw actually saw the. Uh, when I was walking after the post game, and I was walking out of the, walking back towards the press box elevator, the uh, the whole Ben family, uh, Jordy, Jamie, and their their parents were actually all um, were all meeting right outside where the bus area was. Right. Since both teams are obviously both stars are already on a flight to Denver right now, the Canadians are on a flight to Nashville right now. So, but they, I know it was a uh, for both of them, it was nice to get together. I know there was a family dinner last night, and. Uh, it was the first time their parents got to watch them play head-to-head for the first time. Um, in the NHL. Expressions. I'm sure there's yeah. lots of head-to-head matchups they watched in the living room first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they were growing up, obviously. Um, but overall, that kind of cool to see. And as you said before, I think that was a trade that for Jordy Ben, it was it worked. It worked well for him because there he got out of. There's there's no perception that he's only on a team or in the NHL because of his brother. That was always a false narrative, but it was... But it was one that lingered. Yes. And it was good for him to go on his own and go to a... Uh, you know, I don't know if there are any illegitimate hockey markets, but the Montreal Canadiens are a legit market for sure. Is the original one of the original six, and arguably the most heavily scrutinized media market in the NHL. You could argue maybe New York, Toronto, Vancouver up in that mix, but probably not. I think no. Montreal is, is the uh, epicenter of everything media scrutiny and as far as professional hockey goes. And not only is the uh, I mean Montreal, not only do you have the you have the uh, almost nationalism with the team just being the, the team of the Quebecois, um, but you also have the fact where it's not like even in Toronto. There's the Raptors. There's the there, there's other sports in Toronto where Montreal. It's the it's Canadian hockey, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, there is. I mean, we actually, uh, you know, you and I, we spoke to Jordy this morning. And they he do have an MLS team. They do have an MLS team. Um, they used to. Do they still have the Alouettes? CFL? They, they do, but it's nothing is on that, that, on that level. Except <laughs> the Expos. No, nothing is on right, that level. No like, doubt. It's in really in, a massive in, thing. In New York, there's like in New York, there's five other pro sports teams, major pro sports teams. Um, but we talked to Jordan this morning where he was saying how he could go and, and guys maybe suggesting he should shave his beard so people wouldn't recognize him when he walked around. It. Every Montreal Canadian gets recognized everywhere they go, mm-hmm. even if they're on the bottom of the depth chart and not playing and they're scratched every night. 
Jordy has an even more distinguishable beard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being recognizable is even that much easier. I told him, though, that even if he shaved it off, it wouldn't last very long before yeah. people notice who he is again. But it might help uh, maybe for a day or two. The, uh, another thing to take, now it's going to be interesting just with this team and We've talked, and everything about the Stars has been, we've known this the entire season, they've been good at home, they've been bad on the road. And so, obviously, you take the positives from the night. Now, it's interesting to see how they will perform tomorrow in Colorado. And Colorado's playing, obviously, much better than people expected them to before the season started. And Colorado's not an easy place to go and play, and especially in a one-off like that, yep. used to the altitude. And they have to do again in a week and a half. Yeah. Um, so, tomorrow is going to be a big test for this team because it's the last game before Thanksgiving and there's the cliche that if you are in the playoff hunt on Thanksgiving you're in a good spot going forward um, so well, it's not just a cliche it's, it's, it's true it's true, it's I mean, true every year there are teams that are not in a playoff position that at Thanksgiving time that make it in but I think it was last year 14 of the 16 yeah and made it. So the point is you have to be in touch. The Stars will be in touch even if they don't win, but it definitely helps confidence and the statistical categories of more often than not teams that are in the playoff spots at Thanksgiving somehow find a way to make it at the end of the year. Personally, I'm interested to see how Ben Bishop does tomorrow because right now I think he's kind of playing his, over the last five periods since he's entered the game for uh, Kari Lennon in the other the 6-3 uh, win against Edmonton, he entered in relief. I think he's playing probably his best stretch of hockey so far this season from what I've seen. Um, and the uh, and he's going back to Colorado where Colorado was the place where he got pulled. He got pulled. He was not happy with him getting pulled. 3-2 Colorado when he was removed. Yeah. And he was, not, he was publicly not happy with that. So I'm interested to see. I think tomorrow is a... Uh, and not only that, he's, he's playing back-to-back as well. So I'm interested to see how he performs tomorrow because I think it's a big kind of statement game for Bishop where if he can put together another three solid periods, um, another three solid periods, and uh, day after his birthday, too, it be, yep. uh, be, be a nice uh, week for him. Um, I thought he was, uh, just to talk tonight real quick on him, I thought he was very good tonight. I agree with you. You, you did the three stars tonight. He was in your three stars. I agree with that. The... Uh, yeah, the uh, the one the glove save in the first period was 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 patch ready. The patch ready was big. He had the uh, after it was one nothing. It was one still one nothing at the time. It was right after the uh, that Spezza that Spezza Sagan shoreline had a chance and didn't score. He made the big save down there. That was where, against Nicholas Deloria. Yeah, where it would have been that could have been two nothing if he doesn't make the save. Pretty there. much a breakaway. Yeah. Um, so I thought, and on top of that, the other thing that he's kind of doing too, and the stars are adjusting to now is. Tonight was actually just kind of a bit of a bummer for the situation because they got called off sides on the play. But right. they are they are starting to, as a team, you can tell they actually... Um, right, it was Spezza again. It was Spezza again. And he's he, recognizing he, the stretch pass. Yeah, the stretch pass is now a... From Bishop. Yeah, verifi- it's, it's a verifiable weapon. And it's also a weapon that even if it's not happening, it's something the other team has to keep in mind that's just... 
Well, let's talk about that for a second yeah. because that brings up an interesting point. I will turn and steal your hosting capacity for just a minute. Uh, the Stars' top power play unit really struggled to gain possession and create chances tonight, and the second unit was noticeably better than the first. Yeah. Well, the second unit was... They got in the zone better, their entries were better, their time in the zone was better. I thought all those things were good. Well, and particularly on that power play, um, I thought Dan Hamius actually did a really nice job on the power play. I thought Essa Lindell looked yeah, good. Yeah, I could actually, in particular, I just noted, Essa's done a good job on the power play all season. Right. And then, uh, but I thought Hamius in general was the, uh, Hamius in general tonight, I thought he took a, uh, he did a really good job. There's a couple plays where he did had a nice job keeping at the blue line. There's a couple plays where I thought he ran things really well tonight, just that I haven't noticed from him. And maybe I just haven't been paying attention to Dan Hamish in general as much on the power play, but I just thought he did a nice job on the power play. Tonight. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, overall, you need... The power play has been very good this season, but it hasn't been good recently, and it's something that you need to... Well, I asked Hitch that yeah. this morning. Yeah. He said, what do you see our teams defending yeah. differently? He said, yeah, they're really trying to take away the shot, yeah. especially on both wings because Sagan and Radulov have been so so dangerous there. And he kind of said we need to get back to going for the second chance because it's not always going to happen for us the way we want it. <laughs> and you have the guy, and I think... I think Stu Barnes, who's the assistant coach who runs the power play, he's, he's, he's smart. He's, I think they're going to look at things. And the one thing that this power play has done so far this season that it didn't do last season is they've shown a willingness to adapt. Um, yes, and work for yeah. their pucks. I mean, yeah. it's not just about being fancy with skill and zipping the puck around because it's not always that easy. Sometimes you really do have to grind out plays in front and get that second chance. It's not just, hey, we're going to go tic-tac-toe back door. If anything, that's the worst thing that can happen because if you do that a couple times, then you try to look for it, and it's not there because those lanes are much easier to defend if the team doesn't show a willingness to really go hard to the net. Yeah. To, put, to end this, to kind of wrap things up, I want to pose one question here, and obviously we know where the team stands right now just because Ken Hitchcock has made it abundantly clear that Julius Honka is here as a seventh defenseman, not he, and, and he likes six right now. Um, if you see a similar performance, just a thought process, I, I believe they'll use the same lineup tomorrow night. Um, obviously something can change, but I believe they'll use him. If you see a similar performance tomorrow from Alexiak and Johns, do you consider putting Julius Hockey in on Friday against Calgary? Yeah, I mean, I would. He, he either has to play at some point or he has to go down. Mm -hmm. I understand having him as cover, but if, again, he's in that very precarious spot of you can't let him sit too long as a high-end developmental prospect. You don't want him not playing because practicing in the NHL can be beneficial for a short period of time, but it won't be the long-term goal. I mean, you have to either have him play big minutes down in Cedar Park in the AHL, or you have to get him in games. And here's the thing that's interesting, John, is I know John struggled a bit tonight. I think he's better when he plays with Lindell. Of mm -hmm. course, you don't have uh, Mark Mathot here, mm -hmm. so that's kind of a sticky point because you can't unfortunately I mean that you can't yeah, make that, that change that that trickle down affects that but what I mean what are your other options 
maybe you could play Lin uh, Honk on his left. I don't think that's the case. I personally wouldn't play Honk on his left, but I, th I think if you're gonna, I think if I'm gonna put someone on the left, I move Pattern to the left. Mm -hmm. um, but then you're, but then you're splitting up Ham Hughes and Pattern. They've played well, but um, it just, I don't, I know if Stars win tomorrow and they play well, there won't be a change. But it's something just to keep in mind. Um, with that. Um, Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to another edition of CarCast. And the, uh, to everyone, I guess this is the last one before Thanksgiving. That's right. So a happy Thanksgiving. and uh, Enjoy we, your feasts. And we will uh, talk Friday after not only a game, but we'll also get to uh, talk a little bit about a retirement ceremony with uh, Yuri Lettinen. That's right, an early one. We will be carrying it live on the ticket. So if you can't make it to the game or to a TV, we will be holding all of the audio, narrating it, and ushering in out the speakers as well on the ticket. Sounds good. Everyone, you have a good night and a happy holidays. Well, happy Thanksgiving.